Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. So we're here today with Karen and we have a very special guest, Anusha, and we are going to talk about something, a subject that is very dear to my heart. When I first uh, spoke to Anusha, I felt her passion about the data world and how you can be part of it, actually without coding skills. So when we were chatting about it, we realized that we're both very passionate about finding our own space in the data world even if you don't come from STEMs and if you don't have any coding skills. So before I get too excited, Anusha, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, thank you so much. Um, I am Anusha. I am a manager working within data and analytics of EY. I specialize in data management and strategy. On a day-to-day basis, I work with chief data officers to support them drive value from the data for the organization. A typical day would look like, you know, me working in the data level controls that exist within the organization, looking at policies, looking at procedures, which is very, very interesting. So a bit background about myself. I started my career back in India for a major Indian bank and life just got me to Edinburgh. When I came to Edinburgh, I had a career break. (laughs) Yeah. So it's always hard to find or get back into the you know, working world once you have had a career break, right? And I was in a completely unknown country, not knowing where to start. I didn't have an educational background here or any mentors who could guide me how, you know, a resume should look like, for example. I found myself a job within the fraud analytics team or a call center for a major UK bank through uh, the recruitment agencies. And I was there, but I know I could be doing more. So that's when I was 100% dedicated to the job I had. I was learning. I was understanding how UK banking works, how people in UK interact with each other, you know, learning how UK operates as a whole. And I found myself a role as a business analyst within data and analytics. And that started my career within data and analytics. So I spent my time as a BA, progressed as a PM, and then did program management for a bit. Uh, now I work for a, a big four consultancy firm, doing really amazing job on a day-to-day basis, if I can say so for myself. And <laughs> I am a mom of a two-year-old. So a typical example of someone you know who's coming from a non-STEM background, finding myself a space in data, and having childcare responsibilities. That does sound like a lot. And you were talking about moving from India to Scotland. And I was thinking, the trauma that must have created. I mean, you have to be very brave to do such a trip. But yes. (laughs) Yeah. So you you touched a bit, uh, Anusha, on how you actually found yourself in, in data. So you mentioned the fact that coming to the UK, you didn't have the necessarily the same qualification as, as everyone here. So you, you didn't have the, the degree, but then you still managed to go through the door by, I guess, getting a job that was not related and then proving your value to organizations and, and moving this way. Is that how you would say you, you've done it? 
Yeah, yeah. I see, though the geographies are different, right? I think the industry I am in, I'm in banking and finance, right? Banking is all about winning customers' hearts and minds, getting their trust. You know, you need a lot of trust for someone to come and give your life savings, right? So it's all about deposits and lending. So the concept of banking didn't change a lot. So it was easier for me to get into the system, but it was the efforts and educational background that I had in banking helped me establish in an unknown country. And th- this is an incredible journey, right? So I love that you moved country. You also, you stayed in, in banking, but you you went through different types of jobs in there. And then now you find yourself in the position you're, you're at in a consulting firm. And I feel like a lot of people who are I, I guess who came to data after the, well, not after, before the data science is the sexiest job of the century kind of <laughs> things, came to data by chance or through a, a different a different path as well. I know for me, it was very interesting because I never set up to work in data. I just randomly mm-hmm. happened to to get in there and finding my space was quite challenging. So I come from a technical background because I studied mathematics and then we had SQL programming in my course and we did all the statistical modeling that is now data science and all all these things. But even coming into data, I -hmm. felt like I didn't really know where to position myself. And I just love that we are going to be having this conversation today because for me, it was... I have all these technical skills. This is the direction I need to go towards. And then there was a lot of pressure. And I know we're going to talk about challenges later, but there was a lot of pressure from the industry, recruiters and uh, hiring managers to go towards this technical path that mm. was just not working for me. But Cecilia, I don't know how, how you felt coming into data from, from a different field as well. Well, I know that for me, it was it was actually the opposite, where I didn't have the technical skills, so I really had to push on my soft skills and my career in the hospitality industry, where what I was bringing was not necessarily the technical, but the communications and making sure I can pass my message across and being able to discuss it or to share with different teams and share it differently, depending on the team we're addressing. So... I think that for me, this is how I started to find my space in the data world. I think it's quite interesting how everyone approaches it. And this is how we started our conversation, Anusha, which I thought was really interesting, is that everyone will come in with their own experience and their own space and their own sharing. And I think that's what is important to remember. Not everyone is the same and everyone will bring something else yeah, I, I just, when you're mentioning that, Cecilia, I just thought I'll share an interesting case that I learned uh, or I read online, right? So uh, there was an organization which decided who that they wanted to bank on uh, advanced technologies to identify when a machinery would need some kind of a service or maintenance. So their current access model was that a field engineer would go and check each of the machines and see which one needs maintenance, what kind of maintenance and when it would come for repair. So they got all these data back and they built a model to predict which machine would come for maintenance next. So the data people had all the data, but the skills that was lacking in the team was the field engineer's knowledge who could articulate what to look for. You need a data set to train the model to say, you know, a training data sets needs to have a really strong 
data to say this is what we should tell the machine to tell this is what you need to look for right so that's when these field engineers came into the data team with their skills telling the data scientists look these are the type of things i look for these are the data points you should be looking at these are the type of things you should be training your algorithms based on right so a completely the person who is away from data coming into the data world giving their skills which completely changed the outlook for the organization like now the field engineers are having a much more if i can say right cases to work on right so now it's even before the manual work that they would have done to go through is now done by the machine so now if they're going to you know service a machine they know for the there is a very high probability that there is a potential service requirement for that machine yeah because the lower level task is taken care of by the algorithm and it is predicting you need to go and look at this machine it's a good path for my next question actually because i feel like i already know the answer because i feel you're a very curious person <laughs> but <laughs> if you're looking for articles in that manner I imagine that one of the reasons why you started a career in data is just because you're a naturally curious person. But tell me, what has led you to this path? I, I would say I would tell a similar experience, right? So obviously, I started my career in data and analytics as a business analyst. So working with, you know, I, wor I worked with a data analyst to start off with and with project managers. I had an MBA in banking and finance, which helps me really understand banking end to end. How is the process and loss calculated? How is the interest calculation happening? And I, that just helped me look at the bigger picture. So I know a data point, which could be customer account balances traveling all the way to a company's balance sheet. Yeah. So if I have to do a business analysis on a process, I had the know-how. I had the skills a unique set of skills that I could bring to the table to have a powerful conversation with the business to give them the confidence that I know what I'm talking and come and clearly articulate that to a data analyst so they can drive the powerful insights that the businesses are looking for you know to solve their business problem i was uh, being a really really efficient data translator in between you know lost in translation is the most common thing <laughs> we all yeah. hear about right yeah. and the business uh, people and data people we talk a very different language but a person who can bring that business skills and understand the data world really is playing a very very important role and there are so many people who are say playing such powerful roles within different organizations even the example that i just shared you know how a field engineer is changing the way data scientists is uh, training their algorithm right so that made me understand the importance that i can bring to the data world and the difference i can make on the projects and the unique skills that i bring in and that just made me feel that i've found that perfect space for me within data i think it's quite interesting you mentioned about the translation between the the business and the analytics team i mean this is something that karen and i have discussed at length uh, in 2023, <laughs> haven't we, Karen? We both went through a course with Wendy Lynch, who was also one of our guests at the podcast. And uh, it was exactly that. For a few months, we were discussing being the person between the analytics and the, and the business. It's quite interesting how you need all of those skills that are not necessarily coding skills 
in order to be able to push that project, push that analytics team forward. So apart from the communication skills, what else do you think would be crucial for someone to get into the data industry? I think storytelling skills, right? I think the power of data lies when you can tell a really nice story out of it, right? Data becomes more powerful when you articulate the so what, and when it is backed by numbers, that just changes the perspective people look at things. I if I just take one of the recent examples from the pandemic, right? If we just say people are getting sick because of COVID, there is not a lot of story there. But if you say 10,000 people are impacted and X people have lost their life, the story changes. I think a story can be powerful only when it's backed by data. So storytelling skill is extremely important. So if you can just summarize, I would say business and domain knowledge one can bring to the table is extremely important. Yeah. The next one is uh, data translating skills is something that I mentioned. And the third one is storytelling skills. And last but not the least, I would highlight the project management skills. If you look at transformations within data are huge. They are multi-year. They are quite rigorous. We need to align the entire team towards that objective. And I've seen amazing project managers who are working within different parts of the bank who have decided they want to pursue a career within data and analytics, move into data and analytics, and really bring that transferable skills to drive the data projects further. I had an experience of working personally with an individual who moved in from army. He was in army. And then after he retired, he pursued a project management Scrum Master certification and he brought the transferable skills into data. And the way he ran his project was extremely amazing. He brought that skill sets, the discipline and the rigor from the army into the project management. And his projects, the transformation projects were amazing. So if someone is listening to this and if you think I don't have the data skills please don't stop yourself there data is a very very dynamic field which needs a lots of skills and you can find a space for yourself in data and people are there to welcome you with open arms if i can say Cecilia, Karen. that's true i bet his project was always on time <laughs> <laughs> oh no it, you, you you never know with data once you start digging into it the kind of things right. you find <laughs> That's very fair, but there, you would have a better chance over there. <laughs> but I, I love what you're saying. And uh, a chance we're seeing in the industry as well, you know, is the, the rise of the product manager. So the data product managers role, which existed mm-hmm. before, but now they're getting more and more fashionable, let's say. So yeah. people are nowadays being hired for data product managers or analytics product managers role. And that that's when really you can use the strength around what, what you said to the project manager management, the storytelling, the understanding, the so what, and that's going to add the, the best value for, for the projects and then get everyone to, to work together in, in that manner. It's been fascinating hearing you telling this this story and then hearing also about other people you've come across. This is incredible. But while you've highlighted everything that you can bring to the world of data coming from somewhere else and then how you can, I guess, overcome these barriers and then find that, okay, you don't come from a data background, but you can still work in data. 
I'm really keen to hear about the the challenges that you face when you come to data, especially, I guess, coming from a non-technical background. I would go back to my initial days within the data and analytics world, yeah, when I talk about challenges. So I still remember my very first project and very first month within data and analytics world, right? I had a data analyst who started talking, you, I need to extract these two tables and do inner join. I, I lost him at that point. Like, I just couldn't. <laughs> I oh my just God, this sounds like me. I just couldn't understand what he was telling because it's my very first role in data, very first month, yeah? I was taking a step back. I felt, am I in the right place? I don't have all these skills, right? And when he does that analysis, when, you know, the analysts came back with their numbers, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot do all these cool things. (laughs) I cannot drive those numbers. I cannot hold a stage of 10 people listening to me about, you know, all the amazing things, how customers, what customers want, how customers are behaving, blah, blah, blah. I'm not doing the cool thing. That, that was the first feeling I had, right? So I upskilled myself. It was very clear to me that I need to understand the language they are talking. So business is going to ask me, how soon can you give this analysis over, right? And I cannot commit to something without understanding the needs and requirements of a data analyst. So it took time for me to sit with them and understand what they are doing. So I communicated openly and honestly with the data analyst to say, can you talk to me in detail what you're doing, how you're doing? Can I see over screen share, you know, how you're doing that analysis? I Mm -hmm. want to understand how long it is taking. Uh, Hadoop tables, nothing made sense. Yeah, I did that (laughs) extra step. I asked for help. Yeah, I asked for that support from my colleagues. And to be honest, people want to help. You know, one of the biggest tip I can give anyone is to say, I don't know. Can you be a bit more slow? Can you articulate that for me? You know, those are the really beautiful questions you can ask a data person. And Cecilia, Karen, I see yourself as like, you know, the data technical people. I'm sure you can attest that if someone came to you and asked those questions, you'd be more than happy to sit and walk them mm-hmm. through what you do, right? Yeah. So, of course. It's identifying that challenge, going and speaking with your data counterparts who are coming across as really technical and going to that granular level of detail to understand a life and a journey of a data analyst made the biggest difference. Yeah. So that is one of the challenges, you know, but it can only you can overcome and people are there to help and support at workplace. And as I progressed along, there was still a thought in my mind that I want to run those amazing codes to get those amazing outputs. It took a couple of projects for me to understand the value I bring in. Going and talking to the business, understanding their requirements and articulating that to a data analyst is the skill and the uniqueness I bring to the table. And I bring that because I understand banking really well. I know the data that is available within that banking world. I know how we can combine the two different data points to get that information which is not directly available. And I can articulate all of that to the data analyst who can drive that insights. I'm really good at what I'm doing, i.e. 
getting the business perspective. And the data analyst is really good at driving that insight. I don't have to chase that. I don't have to chase being good at driving insights. My niche and my specialization, when I found that, i.e. my space in data, I started becoming more and more confident. And today here I am. That is um, what you're saying. I was listening and I'm thinking, what a great way of, of putting that. So you came in, you you kind of knew your strength, but then you got a bit distracted by the shiny thing analysts were doing and you were thinking you mm-hmm. want to do this. And it took you, I guess, some introspection to realize, actually, no, this is not where I will be adding the, the most value. And then once you realize that, embrace it. I feel like this is something that, so many of us have faced. Um, I myself, as, as I said, come from a technical background and I found myself in this position where, you know, data science and data analytics and, and now <laughs> all, the, all the madness of AI <laughs> has to offer. They have very good PR. So it's like, it feels like they have the best marketing in the field. So you come in and then all you hear about is that. All you hear about is the technical things. All you hear about is how much money these people are doing and how cool their work is and all these things. And you come and you think you have to do this. So I really respect anyone who will come and say, hold on, not for me. I'm better at something else. I will do by, I will play by my strength and then add value to the organization this way. It took me several years to get to that point and realize actually, learning how to code Python to the perfection is not where I should be. Uh, my strength is somewhere else. Really, honestly, really admire that. Yeah. And uh, just to add there, I think the madness of AI has also made me take a step back. Karen, you are a technical person. If that has scared you, you know, I'm a business person. It, it will scare me off too, right? <laughs> but again, I think... <laughs> The value I bring in here is, again, picking up the helping business and our senior leaders pick up the right use case for advanced analytics, right? We don't need advanced analytics for every single use case. We need the right use case to be picked to solve problems with the help of AI. That's one. And next, data risk. Yeah, I understand my business really well, and I can be the best advocate to, you know, highlight the data risks. Are we doing right things with the data? Are we doing enough from an ethics point of view? Those are the type of good skills that I bring in that I strongly, again, feel a technical person, you know, they have their own skill sets. And me as a business person in the advanced analytics space can bring my own skill set. Yeah, I think with the evolving world of data, yeah, I have made a conscious effort to find a space for myself again. I have to say, when I'm listening to you, I've, what transpires to me is this confidence of like, I found my space. This is my skills. I'm not being, uh, I'm not necessarily going to do that bit, but I do this other one incredibly. And I love when I have someone in front of me that feels that power. I want to, I want to share, I want to have a bit of that power. I want to share it with everyone. I think everyone should have this confidence. Yeah, I'm going to do it. This is my spot. I love it. <laughs> but I think it's also important to try and find help. And um, like you said before, to reaching out to your colleagues. I think this is 
such an important point where, you know, we always think that we need to do it all by ourselves and it's not necessarily true. There's so many people around you that can help if it's at work or in your community or or in, in LinkedIn or whatever it is. And Anusha, it's been a pleasure listening to to you in this episode. Before we we close, I would love to ask you uh, around your learning and development. So throughout this episode, everything you shared was, you know, there was a lot on asking for help, being curious, understanding the business. And you did say something very powerful around the fact that although you are not a technical leader, you still want to understand, you know, the day in the life of your your analysts so that you're able to understand what it is that they do and then being able to translate that to the business but i'm really curious to hear about what learning really looks like for for you i think that's a very important question i think we have to learn and grow as an individual and that is a continuous journey especially for anyone who is in the technical field right technology changes you know every 2 3 years and we need to be up to speed on everything couple of years back it was cloud now it is gen ai and we just don't know what is going to come in next couple of years right so it's constantly uh, looking out what's there in the industry and benchmarking yourself yeah do you know you do you don't not know if you know good how can you better your skills to make yourself position as the person to be known for that skills and if you don't know how can you go ask out for help from people who know it really well right sit with them on a coffee catch up and ask them to talk to you about you know the understanding of gen ai and if you want to know more about gen ai where can they go and look for resources you know and people are always always happy to guide i haven't come through a single person you know all this seven years in data to whom have gone and asked a question and they have not helped me right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. your peer circle that you know cecilia you just mentioned is your power and also looking out what courses are available externally these days lots and lots of funded places are available within you know universities or private data labs so one of the courses that i just finished this year uh, was data leaders program through data lab and they were giving a funded place away and i applied for it and i actually got and at the end of 3 4 months of that program right i look at myself as a very different person because i got to work with leaders from other organizations to understand their perspective of data what is the strategic direction they want to take their organization with the power of data so constantly looking out for these funded places applying for that and upskilling to bridge that gap in your cv i think is going to help us and make sure we are future proofing our careers and we definitely need that <laughs> especially as you said that things are changing every 2 seconds so absolutely need to be able to to future proof the the career that's i i just love the way you said it because we have an episode that's called exactly that <laughs> i think that was with Sophie Duff, Duffy it was uh, maybe a couple of years ago now that that's been a while thank you so much Anusha for joining us on the podcast it was a pleasure chatting with you Thank you Karen. Thank you Cecilia. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. 
Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.